Breakthroughs. They're what we live and train for in sport. They can be years in the making, the fruits of consistency, so to say, or they can come relatively quicker, perhaps a reaction of realizing a different part of our training. Either way, the feeling that comes from reaching that next level is one that we chase, and one that is made of pure elation. On this week's show, we chat with two runners who have recently had two big breakthroughs. Corey Belmore, training out of Windsor, became the latest Canadian to break four in the mile, going 357 in Boston last weekend. He's coming up later in the show, but first, Colin Fuhr, a newly minted master of Newfoundland, has handled adversity in the form of injuries and an invasive surgery. But at 40, he just ran an amazing 66.53 at the Houston half. You're listening to The Terminal Mile, at The Terminal Mile on Instagram and Twitter, a Tracky Radio production. Colin Fuhr defies nature. The Newfoundlander is running his best times now, at the age of 40, just a few years off of an incredibly invasive surgery. Now, a couple weeks ago, Colin ran the Houston half in a jaw-dropping time of 66.53. That was a personal best for him, and the second best time by a master in Canada ever. Hat tip to Steve Boyd. Now, a quick note before we go any further, Colin is also a huge beer fan, and at that I feel like I'm underselling it a lot. We chat about that, running, and a whole bunch of stuff in this interview that we did with him earlier this week. All right, so just a couple weeks ago, you were racing the Chevron Houston Half Marathon, a totally loaded field. You ended up crossing the line in a very fantastic uh, 106.51. That was the mat time, or 106.53 uh, you know, I believe you're what 20 seconds off of the Canadian record. Now, what's funny is is that you actually uh, have a pretty good connection with the with the current Canadian Masters uh, half record, half marathon record holder. Uh, tell me, have, have you talked to him since? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, uh, I actually uh, room with Steve or hung out with Steve uh, during the race here, so it, it's something we've been talking about <clears throat> for some time with the. Uh, with the half marathon, <clears throat> that the you know if I could actually put together uh, a couple of good months of uninterrupted training, like you know with no injuries or you know, colds and uh, you know getting good sleep, that I, you know I could probably have a, a decent shot at it. My times have been hovering around there, but it was something that we thought uh, I wasn't quite sure going into in Houston if uh, you know if I had it in me to uh, to break the record. Uh, I think now I, I think I did have it in me. I just maybe I wasn't. Uh, uh, I didn't go out at the exact pace that I should have. Maybe a little quicker than uh, the goal of uh, you know just tr- probably just trying to barely break the record. I probably should have been a little bit more aggressive. But uh, hindsight's always twenty twenty. <laughs> so was that was that your big goal going in, or was that just kind of like a, a footnote? You know, something something in the back of your mind. What what was the goal going into Houston? I think for me, it's uh, you know, you know, over the last number of years, is you know, dealing with certain injuries and that. Uh, basically, uh, you know, since August, I've I've strung together the whole fall without having any kind of major setback with injuries, and uh, I just I felt good at a cross. I felt I underperformed the cross country championships, mm-hmm. and uh, I I come out of that feeling really healthy. In, in the past, I'd usually be pretty banged up, my calves, and I'd be pretty sore post cross, but I, I felt pretty fresh and. Uh, uh, I basically took about 10 days to figure out, yeah, you know what, I can continue to train here. Let's find a, a fast half marathon. And uh, so I spoke with Steve, and uh, he mentioned that Cleo was going down. And uh, I was like, yeah, let's 
let's let's do it all I'll, I'll book the trip and uh, i think i could you know I, I thought i could better it at my time that i ran in toronto in the fall and because i felt i underperformed the air by a little bit so I, I had a goal of, of breaking 107 and um you know the, the record would have been uh icing on the cake uh it didn't work out that way i probably ran exactly what i thought i was going to run <laughs> So, I mean, Houston, um, you know, is, is good time-wise uh, if you're looking just after cross for a half marathon to jump into. Um, but what, was that the only thing that was calling your name to Houston? I mean, obviously, they have really, uh, you know, great fields every year, and it, it's a flat course. Did that all go into selecting that half marathon? <clears throat> Definitely, yeah. You know, uh, I heard it was a really flat course. Uh, I guess the irony is I was looking for that, you know, I think I raced best in like 10 degrees, 8 degrees. Uh, I guess the irony that was a little bit cooler that day, but, uh, you know, no wind. It was it was a beautiful morning. I couldn't ask for much better than that. And really, yeah, I just wanted to jump in that field where I knew there would be people to run with and uh, who would be close to those times. I, I did look at a couple of races, and uh, there seemed to be the last number of years of uh, a bunch of guys who were, uh, you know, under 107, the 106 range. And I felt if I could get into a... A group of those uh, runners, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have a have a, a shot of running that personal best. You know, uh, you've mentioned the injuries a, a couple times now, and perhaps what what a lot of people don't know who are listening to this is that you had um, you know the same surgery as what Alex Wilkie had, and uh, yes. you were actually actually the person who who recommended uh, that he look into it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like how. How did you come to that realization? And you ended up going to Toronto and that sort of stuff. It sounds like a very invasive surgery. What was the decision process there? Um, for me, is um, I, I guess probably Arnie and I were talking about half marathons. Uh, I ran the Vancouver half uh, a number of years ago, and it was probably the race that uh, I felt something go off in my hip during the race. And I, I think I ended up running like a sixty-eight forty something. Uh, I, I was much fitter than that, but had a, a very uh, unpleasant last five kilometers. And by the time I flew home, uh, I started getting this, this hip pain uh, that was nagging, and uh, you know, it turned into groin issues. And it just it just started massing itself up and down my leg in terms of like different types of injuries. And I, I couldn't figure it out. I kept uh, went to doctors, had therapy done, spent you know lots of money and time uh, trying to find an answer. And uh, eventually I started, I said, you know, there has to be other runners going through this and I started reading and, and, uh, you know, going to let's run and different, uh, uh, run sites and saying like, you know, just gotta be someone else. And the more I read, I started looking into this, uh, FAI issue and, uh, a lot of runners, hockey players, triathletes that were dealing with it. Uh, and there was a girl who I ran cross country with, uh, she had both her hips done. That was probably, the, you know, one of the main people I spoke with and said, uh, uh, you know, what's, what did it feel like? You know, what, what was this? And uh, anyway, I, between the, the jigs and the reels, I uh, contacted uh, orthopedics here in, in Newfoundland and, uh, and had imaging done. I found out, yeah, I was positive for this uh, type of, like, genetic predisposition of, of uh, you know, having too much bone on my femur head and uh, the, the acetabulum was a little bit uh, deeper than it should have been, so it was causing pinching and uh, ultimately, I guess, you know, displaying itself to me that it were after runs I couldn't lift my leg, <laughs> so I could do like 40-minute runs, 50-minute runs, and after that I couldn't uh, I couldn't lift my foot up on a step to uh, untie my shoe. That's how how bad it was. So for me, I guess the decision came was 
first of all, you know, what do I want to go running? I, you know, to me, running is a lifestyle, and it's something that I want to do, you know, until I'm 90 if I can, if I can physically do it. Uh, so it became a little bit of a no-brainer that it wasn't something I was going to step away from. It's, it's proud of who I am and proud of what, what I love doing. And, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a quick decision to, uh, to do the surgery, and it made it a little bit easier knowing um, when, I, when I searched in Canada to see who was uh, doing this particular surgery. Um, it was, it was uh, a former cross-country teammate that I had at Memorial University. Hmm. Uh, who, uh, who was his first time probably that, that saved me with running. When I got back into running, uh, you know, there was something he'd said to me way back in university that uh, sort of motivated me a little bit to, get, to even get back into running post, uh, post-university. And then uh, I have to I call him up years later saying, you know, I, I need you to help me here again. And as someone who I trusted incredibly, and I, I trust him with the surgery, and you know, obviously it was a, a success. So I'm, I'm glad I had it done. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. How, how many years ago was that now? Uh, four and a half. Wow. It'll be five years in, uh, on June 3rd, so I, I kept the date in mind because <laughs> uh, I didn't miss too many days of running, but uh, I, had to, I didn't run for several months after June the 3rd, and I'm pretty sure it was October 18th. That fall, I did my first uh, like five-minute jog, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've, you've, mentioned, uh, you've mentioned other injuries, and, uh, and hey, I get it. You are... Uh, you're 40 now. That means that uh, that you could run in masters races if you so cho- uh, chose to, right. which which you haven't. We'll we'll get to that in a, in a little bit. But uh, sure. I mean, at this age, how how are you keeping uh, injuries away? You know, how are how are you making sure that uh, your recovery is effective, especially with with you know, um, what we've talked about? Yeah, uh, you know, I well, Steve and I, uh, you know, I, I trust. I trust Steve a lot when our, with our conversations about, you know, training and I guess being a master's runner, you know, I got, uh, you know, I got family, I got a job, I got a lot of things I, I have to keep in balance. And I, I guess it's learning to be, be patient. I realize I have a lot of, you know, good years of running in my legs and, uh, I know my body pretty good. So, uh, I guess the secret even for me way back, uh, when the hip first started uh, bothering me was, uh, you know, the elliptical. So, I've learned to use that to my advantage as much as I uh, hate being inside spinning on a machine. Um, you know, there was, there was one point when I was dealing with my hip, uh, I spent over 10 weeks uh, on it. So it was something that I, I've learned to uh, utilize really well and, and get some decent workouts down there. You know, I'll never be running, but it's kept me really fit. So I, I find I manage injuries uh, with that best way. <clears throat> you know, the bed in terms of staying fit and 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 uh, keep my fitness up. And uh, I guess you know, as uh, the last number of years, just you know, I don't know, you know, whether you want to call it age or not, but you know, my calves muscles are a little bit tighter than normal. Uh, and I, you know, I'll I'll get some therapy sessions done every couple of weeks just to sort of maintain and make sure uh, muscles are performing as uh, as I need them to. And uh, and another thing, I mean, we mentioned you're 40. How did you ever see yourself, you know, setting a personal best at that age? And and do you think you have more uh, more ahead of you? Uh, you know, I, I guess I, I got back into running probably in my late 20s, right? So it was something that uh, I don't think I ever really hit my potential at any stage. And when I was really getting things going in my early 30s and, uh, you know, I made my first national team, that kind of stuff, and 
I felt like I was being competitive at a national level. Uh, got some injuries showed up, and uh, you know, I was just getting some momentum going, and you know, just the struggle of uh, like the the carpets being pulled out from under my feet over and over again, and uh, it became a bit of a battle. Like you know, there's, I'm going to get that break, I'm going to get that time, and uh, when I do, uh, I know I'm going to be able to do it. You know, could I run faster? I'll I'll never know that question, but I guarantee I can run PBs into my 40s, and uh, you know. I've, I've always truly believed I could do that, and uh, I know a lot of people roll their eyes, and you know they'll they'll judge you on your times. There's like no way he's gonna run faster, but uh, like I feel like I got another minute in my legs on the half marathon or more, uh, 10 miles. I think I can, you know, I still believe I can break 30 minutes uh, for 10k or, or get pretty darn close in the right conditions. You know, well, there you have it. it. Has to be the right conditions, the right time, and timing is everything. And uh, you know, I still, yeah, I believe I can do it if I can string the training together and stay healthy. Uh, my motivation's there, my determination's there. Uh, I just got to be healthy and and get the training done. You know, I've uh, I've seen your race a couple times now at uh, at national cross country, and uh, I believe it's thirty years old. You can you can run in the masters race at thirty five. Uh, that's when you can start you know winning awards and that sort of stuff. Uh, you, you're forty, man. You're you're in the thick of it now, but you're still running in that senior race. Um, you know, is it is it is it a competition thing? Is it is it a competitive drive in you that's uh, that's keeping you in the faster race? Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, it, it's well. I guess I'll, I'll answer the you know restate the question. I ran a PB for ten miles this year, uh, really close to my five k PB official. Uh, just didn't have PB uh, for my half marathon. It was like well. You know, I had no trouble running 29 in the open race when I was running a little bit slower. So why wouldn't I run uh, when I'm 40, right? That, you know, this stuff is, is not a winning and 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 medals not all the time. It's just that inner competitiveness to. I just ultimately I just want to run as fast as I know I can run, and uh, whatever race or field I get into for that, then you know I'm going to do it. You know, I'm glad you mentioned the uh, the the uh, the 10 miler it's uh, the telly 10 miler and i think a lot of people who uh, who aren't on on the rock so to speak uh, even even know of it uh just because it, it's such an old race and it's such a cool race uh you know if if you had to tell you know one of us uh, mainlanders you know why the reasons why they should be going out to try out the telly 10 uh what would that be it's uh yeah i, I guess it, it showcases uh you know the best of Newfoundland running, but I guess uh, the best of our culture and our personality too. It's a, uh, it's a race that I, I guess is is a little cozy. I guess in terms of uh, it's it's a big race for us. I mean we're up around five six thousand runners in there now, uh, but it's it's a little bit more intimate than that. You know it feels like as a group of 150, and you know everybody in the race, and uh, you know when people hang out, uh, af- you know after the finish in in the field where they do the awards and that, you know just to meet and talk with the people and uh, and experience the uh, the fun times afterwards. It's, it's certainly a celebration of uh, health, wellness, fitness, and uh, and uh, yeah, and, and our culture a bit, right? So uh, I think it's a, a fantastic. I think most people have traveled from me and and came to visit us uh, in the race. Sort of, I think they had sort of the same experience. It's a it's a it's a pleasant race and uh, it's a fun. Uh, it's a very fun event and a fun day here uh, in Newfoundland, especially with the history and um, and uh, you know 
5,000 runners. I remember when I first ran the race, there was, I think there was 182 of us. So uh, in 15 years, has grown that much. You know, uh, you've done quite a bit of traveling yourself to uh, to go all over the place, and uh, and as mentioned, you you were just running the Houston half. Uh, what beers did you bring back with you? <laughs> good question. Uh, <laughs> I, I loved it. Love to uh, bring back some good uh, good quality beers, IPAs. Um, you know, uh, there seems to be a little bit of a, a nice uh, beer scene in um, in Austin, so. Uh, I took back a, a, a sampling of some local breweries there, mostly IPAs. Uh, I did get my hands on a 1050 barrel aged uh, stout, which is fantastic. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess mostly local uh, Austin, Austin breweries. So uh, I sampled one or two, but I had a bit of a cold there, so I've, I've, I put them away. And when my palate gets a little better, I'll taste them again. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. He is Colin Fewer and uh, and I should say that that the reason why he's on is uh, is uh, some old fellow uh, came up to me in a bar in Kingston a couple months ago and told me I need to have more old folks on the show. So here it is. <laughs> he's uh, he's Colin Fury and he is uh, doing some very spectacular things, uh, even at his very advanced age. Colin, <laughs> thanks a lot for uh, for being on, man. No, no, no trouble. A pleasure being on, and uh, thanks. Yeah. Corey Belmore is probably one of the few track guys who can genuinely claim to be universally well-known. Now, of course, a lot of that credit goes to his Beer Mile world record, but what Corey's done on the track this indoor season has been nothing short of phenomenal. Whether it be hanging with Nick Willis in his season opener, breaking four for the first time last weekend, or getting the chance to run the Invitational Mile at Millrose this weekend. Corey's on fire right now, and we chatted with him earlier this week. So, I mean, just the way things are, I think a lot of good things start with uh, a tweet from Nick Willis. Uh, I think you can agree with that after this uh, little stretch. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely uh, definitely caught me off guard, and obviously it, it started something uh, pretty good, I think. Like, opening my season with a race like that was pretty quality, and I mean, yeah, a bunch of my friends, I guess, tweeted to, and my brother tweeted to, like, Nick Willis, because he was mentioning um, the race that was going on in Michigan a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I got a, a tweet back from him, and then I got an email from Kevin Sullivan on the position or spot on the line in the race. And right away, I, I messaged my coach, Dennis, and like I said, what do you think about this? He's like, do it. It's a great opportunity. You get to race like an Olympic medalist. Definitely, definitely try it out. And yeah, definitely don't regret that. I mean that uh, that race was was available on Facebook Live, and and that's where myself and and probably a lot of the people who are listening uh, watch that. What really struck uh, me about it is that you just like you seem to have this confidence where you were up there, you were with Willis, uh, you were with you were with you know like some of the top guys in the world. Where where did that come from, and like when did you kind of realize that you know you belonged up there and you could run with those guys? Uh, well, this summer was sort of, it was a good summer, it was a learning year, but, uh, I didn't hit, hit the times I wanted, so just going into, like, this winter and, like, the indoor season and then heading into, like, the summer season this year, my goal is just to, like, just always try and get after races, because um, I, I really do want those times to come, so, uh, yeah, just, once the, once the gun went off, I just wanted to put myself in a position to, to be in the race, and then, 
yeah, if I if I died, I died. If not, then it'd go well. So I ended up holding up pretty well until the last hundred. But I mean, it's my first race of the season, so I can't really complain with like fading down the last hundred. I just know it's something I have to work on as the season progresses. Did you uh, did you talk to Nick after or or Kevin or you know any any number of the guys who were there for that uh, that opening meet? I did. Yeah, I, I talked to him before a little bit, and then I talked to him after a little bit. Um, before the race, honestly, I was, I mean, I'm, I'm just starting to get into that, like, I guess elite mentality. Like right now I'm, I'm sort of at the cusp where I don't quite feel like I belong there yet. Um, once I'm in the race, I feel like I belong there, but before I'm still like a little starstruck, I guess. So before the race, I just said like, I'm honored to be in a race with you guys. Like, thanks a lot for having me mm-hmm. just cause I knew the, the opportunity of being in that race. It doesn't come quite often. So, um, and then after the race, uh, <laughs> I think it was Nick Willis. He, we were talking about the race, and he said he couldn't really get comfortable all the time. And I was like, yeah, like me, that I couldn't really get comfortable. Like <laughs> We went out hot, and I just I didn't really feel great. And he's like, it's probably because he didn't have any alcoholic beverages during the race. So <laughs> he, he gave me a little, a little laugh after that. But, yeah, those guys are great and um, might link up with those guys for a few workouts. Um maybe a few times a month or something just because they train in Ann Arbor and it's only around an hour drive from Windsor. Mm. Um, so yeah, I might link up with those guys just to have a change of environment and learn, learn some stuff from those guys. Well, you know, as I mentioned, that's a, that's a brand new track. Um, what'd you think of it? Was it, was it a quick track? Do you, do you think that there will be, uh, do you think it's a one-off, you know, having those guys under, under four, or do you think that we'll we'll see a lot of fast times on that track? Uh, I definitely think there'll be a lot of fast times on that track. Um, it's honestly, it's a beautiful like facility, and uh, they did a great job with it. And like the fact that they can, like, have it as a multi-purpose facility, they can lower and higher the bank. I think that's sort of like the future of of indoor tracks. It just makes it a little more functional. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously just the surface of the track and yeah, the fe- overall feel of it felt really, really good. I mean, speaking of new tracks, so, um, on your own home facility, I'm sure you've gotten to, to work out quite a bit on that, uh, on that brand new resurface track in, uh, in Windsor. We had Steph Smith on a little bit earlier and, and she was saying how the surface is just, uh, such so incredibly fast, which I mean, we've seen with her times. What, what do you think of it? Uh, I love it. Yeah. So right now I think, of Mondo like mm-hmm. stacked on top of each other so obviously the bottom one's the oldest um, but yeah the the surface overall just feels I think it's the fastest probably 200 meter flat track you can you can find maybe in the world I don't know about the world but it's definitely the fastest 200 meter flat track I've ever been on um, and yeah the new surface feels a lot better train on just a lot smoother and a little easier on the body so uh, so far I love it I hope to race on it a bit more um but I definitely think it'll produce some fast times come OUAs and CIs. For sure, for sure. Now, one th- one thing I definitely wanted to uh, to talk to you about. I mean, like a-, a big congratulations is in order. You uh, you just broke that that sub four uh, barrier for the very first time in the mile uh, in Boston this past weekend. Uh, tell me about that race. I mean, did you did you feel like this this was your time? This was the time you were going to go sub four. And, uh, you know, taking a look down that line, man, that was a good race too. Yeah, like I said, just talk to me about that race. Yeah, uh, that trip was just a last-minute trip. I mean, 
uh, I just wanted to get in a race that gave me an opportunity to to run fast. I know I'm like fit enough to do it. So yeah, I saw that that race in the calendar and then uh, talked to Dennis about it. He said like, go for it. So booked the ticket, plane ticket, booked the hotel, and then yeah, just just talked to my agent Chris, and he said he, he always says this quote is if she dies, she dies. So that that's my sort of mentality going into it. Just really have fun with it. I mean, if it goes well, it goes well. If not, then there's always more races. Like it's only running. So it's not, it's not the end of the world. Um, so yeah, I just went to that meet trying to have fun and enjoy it and, uh, got on the start line. I knew the race was a really good field. I think I was, I think I was the slowest seed time going into it. Hmm. Um, so just got on that pace and didn't really panic, even though I was like towards the back during the, the first half of the race. And then when I saw Justin Knight start to move up, um, I sort of tried to match his movement. And then we all sort of kicked together. Those guys flew the last 150. I was still like moving pretty fast, but yeah, those guys definitely flew a bit more than me. So <laughs> still slowly starting to work on that last like 200 or 400 meters. But uh, things are definitely coming together even from two weeks ago when I raced in Michigan. Man, it seems like, you know, every single race that you're hopping into, there there seems to be, you know, like a, another Canadian on, on the track. I mean, there's Justin Knight uh, this past weekend, and uh, I'm sure the, the word is out there now. You're going to be in the Invitational Mile at the, the Millrose Games this this weekend, and uh, and CPT is in there as well, another one of Chris's guys. Um, I don't know. Do, do you, like, feel a special connection with those guys? Do you, do you go over and chat and, and uh, you know, maybe spread some Canadianity? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, whenever you see a familiar face, even if it's not one that you necessarily, if it's not a person you know that, like, too well, um, just having, like, a fellow Canadian, I guess, there, it, it helps make you feel a little more comfortable when you're at the, the meet. And then just having them in the race, just especially a guy like Justin Knight, like it gives you a little more confidence that like you're obviously going to be in a fast race, and um, yeah, just just try and follow the moves he makes because he's a very smart racer, and uh, I knew if at least I sort of matched some of his movements in the race that I would have a good one. So like going to that race, my coach and I talked, and he said like he's like Justin always makes like a strong move with. 500, 600 to go, he'll, he'll start to get himself into position. And yeah, you could see from that race that he was second by a hair. So he definitely raced very, very well. I mean, we, we shouldn't shy, shy away from uh, from the big lead here, and that is that you will be uh, racing at, at Milrose. And uh, Milrose is just, you know, there's something so special about it because, I mean, for one, you can watch it, you know, on, on TV. Like, it's on NBC. And, uh, and like, the Milrose Games has, has such a big history about it. Like, even at the beginning of the season, did you see yourself racing in that mile uh, this weekend? Uh, absolutely not, no. I... I didn't even know but like that I was in it until when was it? It was uh I got home from my workout Monday night and Chris had texted me saying I got into Melrose. Like the, so it's the invite mile, not the Wanamaker. So the mm-hmm. Wanamaker mile is like the the A mile I would say and the invite mile is the B mile. Mm-hmm. Um but last year it still went like three fifty four. Um and this year there's still like a bunch of really, really good guys in it, so I mean again it's another chance to, to sort of prove myself but 
definitely going into the season, I didn't really think. I mean, training was a big focus indoors. If times came out of that, then great. But, I mean, training was the biggest thing. So that, now that, like, training is going well, times are coming from it, I think I feel like I'm going in the right direction. You know, we, we talked a little bit before um, the interview about how your training has kind of evolved since you were, you know, strictly an 800 meter runner to now being a miler, uh, you're adding in a little more distance. Uh, the workouts have changed a little bit. One thing I, I want to talk to you about before we get to that though, is, is cross country. And, um, you know, you, you show up every single year and you race cross country and you do well and that sort of stuff. That, that doesn't seem typical of a, of a normal 800, 1500 meter guy. What, what do you see in cross country? What, uh, what makes you keep on coming back? Uh, I just enjoy it. It's a, it's a change of environment. I mean, it takes you off the, the, the oval, the 400 meter oval. So it's just, it's a nice change of scenery. It makes you really, really tough. And then during cross country, I can still train with the university guys. So it's just nice to be around those group of guys and try and motivate them. They motivate me. Um, and then obviously that mileage that you put in during that cross country season, those long fall months, uh, it pays off so much towards the summer season, especially if you keep it high throughout the winter. So that's my biggest focus, just getting that strength for the outdoor season. And then, um, I think I only rate, yeah, I just raced once this year. So a lot different from past years when I had like quite a few races, uh, through the university season but yeah my focus was just to do nationals then I had a goal at least and it kept me motivated to sort of do well there makes you super strong for those those next few months I mean you were talking about uh, you know some some new workouts that, that you're facing and, and stuff like that um, you know maybe throw throw a couple of those new workouts that, that you're doing that uh, differed from your, your time as an 800 meter runner uh, during cross country or right now Oh, right now. Uh, right now. So, in the past, we did like a lot of shorter, shorter type of intervals. Um, not, not anything too, too long. So I would say like nothing was really more than six hundred meters. Uh, and then I'll, I'll tell you my my Monday workout, for example. Hmm. We did uh, six times one k. So definitely, definitely the longest volume I've ever done indoors on the track. But it, it's it is paying off. I mean, results are, are starting to show that. So I, I definitely trust the training and I do enjoy that longer stuff, even though, I mean, it, I'm not quite used to it yet. Um, I, you know, we, we've got to hear, um, cause he's a good friend of the show, but Nick Falk, how, how's that guy doing? Uh, he's doing great. Yeah. That guy's, he, he, he's hilarious. He's always around the track still. Um, he's focusing a little more on, on his PhD in school right now, but he is still, uh, Still staying strong, still going to the weight room, still putting in some runs, but his big focus right now is sort of getting his PhD started. Hmm. Um, but he still comes around to the track to coach time, uh, be on the guys, help the younger guys out. So, yeah, he's, he's a great guy to have around the track. I mean, you, you guys traveled together and you guys did a lot of races together, um, you know, this past summer. Uh, do, you th- do you think he'll be ready uh, in time for that summer season? Uh, yeah, he's, he's a very talented guy, so whenever he starts to actually uh, getting in like some quality workouts again with the guys uh, he'll be back in no time I mean he's still staying fit he's one of those guys that will never really like lose that motivation to stay fit so whenever the time comes and he, he 
jumps back on the train, I guess. He'll, he'll be ready. Now we uh, we bumped into each other uh, at a truck stop in in Guelph, coming back from from cross country nationals this year, and uh, and uh, <laughs> we we were talking about how uh, how both OUAs and U Sports are are down in Windsor this year, uh, where where you're training out of. I mean, we've seen some pretty good performances from uh, from some Lancers this year. Uh, Stephanie Smith obviously comes to mind and stuff. Uh, what do you think? You know how how are you liking the Lancers' chances? I like the Lancers' chances. I mean, right now they're they're definitely they're in a bit of a slump, I guess, on the men's side. But uh, I know they'll pull through when the bigger meets start coming coming around. Uh, and then our girls' team is definitely showing a lot of strength this year. Uh, they're ranked pretty high, so I think I think come championship season is when the team really starts to show their true self. So I'm hoping this year is no different. Uh, it's definitely nice to be around those guys sometimes. And those girls, and see how how hard they're working, and then seeing the results that are starting to spread out. So, I'm excited for for the next few weeks. And uh, and and finally, we have to know because it's it's a non championship year. But I mean, you seem to be having a great year so far. Oh, do you have any plans for the summer yet? Uh, I'm not too sure right now. I mean, I just want to run fast and, and keep enjoying it. I know running is not going to be around for. I mean, it, it, it's indefinite. Or it's sorry, it's not indefinite, but it, it's hard to say how long running will be around. So, I'm just trying to enjoy it right now, and hopefully, get to some faster meets. Um, try and get as as fast as I can in the 1500, and then I think good things will come out of that. I don't want to put too many like big, big goals in my head, but just keep training up and and then getting some fast races. 1500 meter night. Uh, I would love to do that. I mean, it's always a great meet. So love to get them like a good crew to come down to that meet and then yeah I, I always love going to that meet I mean it's always great conditions um, and then it's just nice having like I mean you had so many different age groups of people that that stay from whatever six o'clock when it starts to the end like nine o'clock and it's just nice to have a bunch of different quality races run during that time well I mean, let's just say the word, and uh, and hey, maybe we can uh, we can start sending out some uh, some emails and that sort of stuff. We'll we'll put together a good race. Uh, I think <laughs> if if Steve's on board, then then, then maybe we uh, we'll uh, we'll start putting the notice out right now. Open call. Let's go to fifteen hundred <laughs> meter night this year. I like that idea. We'll start the planning early. <laughs> Perfect. He's uh, he's Corey Belmore. He uh, he ran one heck of a mile. Just. Uh, just uh this this past weekend uh 357.20 he's going to be running uh in the in- invite mile at uh at Milrose Games this weekend coming up and uh man we can't wait to see what's what's going to come next it, it just seems like it's been a real breakout year for you and i it makes me so so happy and uh hey man thanks for being on the show this week yeah thanks a lot for having me hopefully i can uh put another good result forth for you guys this weekend and yeah, I definitely always love being on the show, so thanks for having me. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to my guests this week, both Corey and Colin, as well as Satraki for their ongoing support. If you want to find us online, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram, at the Terminal Mile. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and of course, tracky.ca. If you like this podcast, be sure to check out my other podcast, Something in the Water. It's the story of the Speed River and University of Guelph track and field teams. 
It's available at SidiousMag.com, or you can find it on our iTunes stream as well. Thanks to you for listening. This has been The Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. Music